Bryce, hello and welcome back to a bonus Villa on Tour podcast. I'm your host, Max Stokes, as ever, joined by Simon Lyon. Simon, fresh from uh, your journey back from Edinburgh. How you doing, mate? You okay? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, not too bad. Um, arrived back, what, back home, back couple, uh, only about two, three hours ago. So, yeah, yeah, it was, a, it was a really good trip, so... Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, thought I'd get this uh, bonus podcast out there. We obviously normally do a podcast on a Monday or Tuesday reacting to the, the weekend's events, but uh, I wasn't at the Heaps game, unfortunately. First game I've missed in a good while, but you, of course, were there with the rest of the Villa on Tour boys. So thought we'd have a brief chat about it. It won't be as long, this podcast, as our usual one. Just thought we'd have a chat through uh, what it was like being in Edinburgh yesterday and what the away end was like and all of that sort of good stuff and talk about a nice 5-0 win. So I'll start with your journey, mate. How was that? I think you flew to uh, Glasgow, didn't you? Because it was obviously short notice getting up to Hibs uh what was it five days notice so it was a little bit ridiculous but uh flew to Glasgow and got the got the train over that must must have been fun yeah do you, do you know what it was a really really easy trip to be honest with you I mean flying from Birmingham was we're only up in the air for about 40 minutes I think it was and uh touched down in Glasgow and then um yeah we checked into our hotel in Glasgow they let us check in early we were, we were there at the hotel for 10 o'clock yesterday morning uh let us check into the hotel and then we um we, we quickly got on the the express train over to Edinburgh, which takes about 40 minutes again. Um, so, yeah, we arrived into Edinburgh about midday, I think it was yesterday. Um, so, yeah, it was good. Yeah, the journey was really good. Headed straight into centre of Edinburgh by the castle um, and straight to the pub where the Villa fans were and obviously where the Villa ticket office staff were giving out the tickets. So, no, the journey was, um, yeah, simple. I saw that on Twitter. What Because all the UEFA rules and stuff, people who aren't clued up on it, basically, they don't just send you a ticket in the post as they usually do because they're quite hot on uh, like passing tickets on and making sure that it's actually you that's using your ticket rather than somebody else. So you had to, was it right, you had to collect it from a pub, like collect your match ticket from a pub. Is that right? Yeah, so it was like, so in Edinburgh, you've got this little um, area. I think it's called Grassworks, I think it was. It was literally around the corner from Edinburgh Castle. Um, mm. And there's like, it was like a street, like a cobbled kind of street with like um, a few different pubs sort of thing with like a massive outdoor space in, in front of it. Um, and in one of the in, in, in one of the pubs there, yeah, like the Villa Ticket Office staff had like a room in the back of the pub. Um, <laughs> and so like, there was like a, a queue, like snaking around the bar essentially to, to go and pick your ticket up. So yeah, a bit of a different experience, a bit weird. But to be fair, it was fairly... Um, it was fairly straightforward, actually. It was, yeah, there, there was no issues. Just gave you a fan ID number, showed your ID, and off you went with your ticket. I guess when there's only a thousand Villa fans, it's not too bad. I mean, if you had three or four thousand, you'd probably have a few issues. But that's that's one of the quirks of playing in Europe. What was the sort of atmosphere then during the day? What was that like? Because I saw various clips on Twitter and whatever of like the the big square you were just talking about. Loads of Villa fans there. Loads of Villa flags. What was that like? Yeah, you know, it was really good. The whole the whole atmosphere in the whole of Edinburgh was really good because it was really busy because obviously it's the Fringe Festival at the moment. Yeah. Um, and so walking from uh, Waverley Station up to um, up, up to the main bit where, where all the Villa fans were was was good because we saw like loads of like street performers and like street shows and stuff like that from the Fringe mm. Festival. Um, so it was, it, the whole atmosphere around Edinburgh was really, really nice actually. Yeah, you know, it was good and a lot of people stopped in taking videos and pictures of Villa fans and um, a little bit of, you know, light-hearted sort of banter and singing in the main square <laughs> and yeah, everyone was just having a good time really. Just a, yeah, a, a few drinks from, from the pub and stuff and yeah, it wasn't, you know what, it wasn't, 
it wasn't like rowdy or anything. It was just it, it was just nice to be fair. And overall, really, the whole day was quite a nice atmosphere. Yeah, just going from off experience and like the European friendlies that we normally do in pre-season, like that is sort of the atmosphere that like makes the day. Sort of being with all those Villa fans, having a chat, having a few beers in like a, a an obscure. Well, not, I say an obscure city, not Edinburgh's not, but usually I expect in this European run we'll go to some cities that we haven't been to before and sort of exploring them like you said you saw Edinburgh Castle which I've been to Edinburgh before and it's it's such a nice city so that must have been really nice what was the stadium like then and going to the stadium I know the away end was only a thousand Villa fans so it must have felt felt quite small but on TV stadium looked decent atmosphere looked good Hibs fans beyond the goal making a bit of noise yeah I mean in terms of the stadium it's not um it's not it's not a bad stadium it, you know it really reminds me of like Ewood Park uh, Blackburn's ground that's what that's yeah. what it always reminds me of um I mean I've been to Hibs before I went for a, a game against Livingston I think it was about 18 months ago uh, up in Edinburgh so I have been before but a fairly a fairly sort of traditional sort of stadium probably could do a little bit of a, a lick of paint sort of thing but yeah Villa fans beyond the goal just over a thousand of us um and yeah I think the atmosphere was 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 pretty decent to be fair though the Hibs the Hibs had the Hibs fans had their like ultras behind the behind the goal who were trying to make the noise with their drum and stuff and to be fair I thought they gave it a good go and for the, especially for the first 15 minutes or so they were they were fairly <laughs> you know rowdy sort of thing then then I think the events of the game kind of took over and and it, and it did get a little bit more quiet sort of thing but uh but no it was it, it was a decent atmosphere overall yeah just a quick question did they play I don't think they did but they didn't play the uh, UEFA Conference League music did they that was disappointing no and that's and I think it's because I think I don't I think it's because they do, yeah they don't they don't do that until you get into like, the group oh. stages like you remember last summer when I went to that random UEFA Champions League qualifier oh uh, in Wales <laughs> yeah in Wales it was TNS against Linfield or something like that yeah and um like they had like the Champions League like flags flying from the stadium <laughs> and stuff like that, but there was no like Champions League music or no like Champions mm. League patches on the players' shirts, and that was the same as last night. There was no Conference League patches on the Villa players' shirts, and there was yeah. no there was no anthem or anything like that. So I think that's only done when the the competition gets into like, the proper stages, like the like like, like the group stage. Um, yeah. So yeah, we will have to wait a little bit longer for that. I'm glad actually because I do like the uh, it's the same music as the Europa League, isn't it? And I yeah. quite like that. Obviously, we've, I've, the only time I've heard it in real life before is when we went to Rangers. Yeah. We went to one Champions League game at Man City as well. I've heard it there. But hearing it at Villa Park will be a nice little thing. The fonts as well on the back of the shirts. I, I didn't like that. We've talked about it privately before, me and you, about the, the fonts and stuff. We pick up on weird little things like that. I'm not a fan of it, mate. I'm not a fan of it. I wouldn't be getting that on my shirt. It's all a bit <laughs> weird and like thin in certain parts. Yeah. It just doesn't doesn't look right. I'm not a fan. Yeah, it's a club fonts, isn't it? It's what they're using like the, the League Cup and <laughs> FA Cup and stuff now as well but I don't know whether UEFA are going to bring out any fun for the shirt I'm not sure I actually don't know I, I don't think they will I think I think I don't think they do it anymore like years ago they used to do it um, I don't think they do it anymore I could be wrong with that one if anyone knows then, then let me know but I'm fairly sure that they'll be using that sort of custom Villa font for throughout this competition yeah yeah we'll see we'll talk about the game then the actual important stuff when the team news came out at 4.45 I was sat in a pub having a pre-match beer and I was looking at the team and thinking yes it's going strong here I think the only change is what Carlos coming in from Matty Cash obviously as we concert being pushed out to right back which at the start of the season we've talked about a bit that being an option very happy to see him go strong mate I'm sure the the vibe was good in that way, and knowing that Unai Emery was deciding to go strong with that team, I think he had to go strong. I think it was it was simply had to go strong because we needed to treat the competition with respect, treat our opposition mm-hmm. with respect, and uh, 
at the end of the day, we work hard to get into the competition, so we need to stay there and try and compete in the competition. You know, there was no point in us fielding a weak inside and coming back to Villa Park next week. We might maybe only like a one or you know, like a, like a one goal lead sort of thing, or even like a, a draw or something like that. There was no point in doing that, and so I expected it to be strong. Maybe expected maybe one or two more changes, like Tielemans to come in possibly, yeah. or uh, we were talking about the goalkeeper maybe changing, but. Well, it's we've only played two games this season. I'm sure the players aren't tired yet, so I don't think we start. We need to start worrying about rotation too much yet, do we? So, yeah, just the one change, Carlos, and it allowed uh, it allowed him to experiment a little bit with having Conzo right back again, didn't it? Um, and yeah, and it, and it worked to our advantage. You know, we've got a big a big lead going into the second leg, which is what. Well, it's, it's all it's all you could have asked for, essentially, isn't it? Yeah, I think if anyone's going to respect the competition in terms of fielding a team, it's going to be Unai Emery. And I think I, I watched um, Hibs versus Luzerne just to check out who we'd be playing. And the standard wasn't great. I think, I mean, he didn't play last night, but Adam Lafondre was probably Hibs' best player in that Luzerne game. And they they just never looked up for it. I mean, obviously, the, the commentators were obviously Scottish. I was watching on BBC Scotland and they were always talking about the finances that Villa have got, which is to be expected, a little bit biased, but... We started well, they didn't we? We talked about it in the previous podcast after the Everton game that Ollie Watkins, we both wanted him to start to get him that first goal of the season. To get a hat-trick, a hat-trick of really good goals, by the way. That first one, that flick header, great way to kick off the scoring, wasn't it? Great goal. It was. It was a, it was a great start. And I think all night, he just couldn't deal with... Well, they just couldn't defend any balls into their butts because they all night. And so you knew that was going to be the route that Villa were going to get a lot of joy out of. But yeah, I think, to be fair, I think first 10 minutes, I think they... Gave it a go. They got in behind us once or twice without mm. really troubling troubling us too much. But I think the moment you know Watkins put away that first one, it's the sort of the sort of stable door was you know wide open kind of thing, wasn't it then? And um, and yeah, it just carried on from there. And poor defending from from their point of view. Like I say, really easy goals in terms of crosses into the box. Didn't defend them well enough. And Villa absolutely snapped up the opportunity, didn't they, to to sort of extend that lead. Yeah, and when, when Ollie Watkins tends to score early, he tends to have a good game. Because, I mean, people were talking in that Everton game about him struggling a little bit. I don't think he was bad. I just don't mm. think he can be, like, spot on and score every single week. But he did in this game. Obviously, the first goal, I've talked about it, really good header. The second one, a header as well. From a corner, I mean, it's terrible defending, isn't it? I mean, he's free at the back post. I thought he missed it initially. But into yeah. the roof of the net, you can see how much he sort of enjoyed that. He's a little bit of relief, wasn't it? Just to kick his season into gear. And then to complete a first half of Patrick headers, Leon Bailey in on the action. Um, it's nice to, after the Everton game as well like he, he received a lot of stick we've talked about it we've talked about it to death but it's nice to see him have another good game isn't it and that's his first away goal I think with a header as well not very Leon Bailey but it's nice to see him score as well yeah I, I think I think it's, it's his actually second away goal I think he scored at Bolton if you remember when we went in the league oh, last yeah. season um, but yeah he had a good game to be fair to Bailey again I thought he linked up well with uh, DRB again um, but yeah in terms of Ollie Watkins I thought he was excellent not just the Patrick he scored but um, his work rate really and holding up the play mm-hmm. and coming back and finding the ball himself I thought he had a really really top game to be fair Ollie Watkins last night so yeah thoroughly deserved the hat trick and um, I think I said last night if that doesn't give you a confidence boost and I don't know what will really so yeah good to see Ollie kickstart his season really and let's hope he can go on another run like, like he had last season Exactly, and that's why you play your best players. What do you reckon he should be aiming for this season then? Because he's already got three. Do you reckon in all competitions he should be looking at 25, do you reckon? Aim high. I think people always talk about could you get 20 in the Premier League. I think that's extremely hard, but with his European games on top, it could be aiming for 25, you know, this season. Yeah, I think if you keep him fit and you keep him well rested as well, that's the other problem though, is that he's not going to be able to play every single game. And so I think if he aim, I think his aim would be in that 20 plus sort of 
sort mm. of zone as as long as Villa sort of do progress well through the cup through, through the through the cup competitions they're in. But yeah, he's got it. He's got the makings. He's got the makings to be a twenty goal a season man in all competitions without without a doubt. I mean, he scored fifteen in the Premier League last season, and he's such a vital player for Villa, isn't he? And just one that. We desperately, desperately need to try and get him to, to sign that contract. It's starting to mm. starting to worry me a little bit. Starting to, it's starting to worry me just how vital important how vitally important he is to us. And you know, every club's looking for a, a striker. I don't think I think I think most teams would take Holly Watkins. And so, it does concern me a little bit. I think Villa need to need to sort of get their heads down with Watkins and try and get that done. I want to talk about Luca Dean as well? Hat trick of assists for him. I mean, he got a lot of praise after that game at the weekend against Everton. Obviously our level of opposition wasn't very good uh, both against Everton and of course last night against Hibs. What do you reckon then because this Acuna that we seem to be linked with apparently is injured now. A lot of people are saying oh we've got to keep Luca Dean now. I think that's a, a little bit reactionary. I think again he's still not our best left back. Alex Moreno apparently is not far off now and Luca Dean is of course one of our highest paid players. We talked about it in the previous podcast but I don't know. What, what what do you do with him now? If Acuna's injured, do you go and look for someone else? Is it dead cert that Luca Dean might be leaving off the back of two decent performances? I think it's hard, isn't it? Because uh, we all know that. We, we No one at Villa thinks we need to get rid of him because he's not good enough. We, we No one's saying yeah. that. Um, it's just the fact that Moreno is a more suited left-back to what Unai Emery wants. We were talking last night about how important the left-back is to his, uh, to his side and to how, how his team's playing. So... Luca Dean doesn't quite fit into that, and yeah, he's had two very good games. But again, the opposition gave him a lot of room last night, as did Everton. It's a hard one. It is a hard one because obviously it looks like this Acuna has picked up this injury, might be out for a few weeks. So Villa probably won't progress with that deal. Um, I saw them linked last weekend with that Nuno Tavares from Arsenal, but he's not I'm, good enough I for don't. me. I mean, I remember him getting subbed, nah, subbed off when he was uh, playing for Arsenal, Nottingham Forest. He's not good enough. I don't think no, he's good enough. And that's the problem, isn't it? That is the problem. It's like it's all well and good getting rid of getting rid of somebody and bringing somebody in who's a bit cheaper. Mm. But if they're not if they're not good enough, then is What's is the there point? any point in doing it? And so I think I have a I'd, I'd have a hunch that Dean will end up staying. I don't I don't think he particularly wants to go either. Um, maybe maybe his performances over the last two games is trying to prove a point a little bit. I don't know. But I think if Villa can't get the player they want, which looks like it's a Kuna, um I don't think Villa will probably do it. And I think Luca Dean will probably stick around is what I would guess. Yeah, I'd, I'd think so as well. I think we've got, if you've got, if Acuna falls through, whatever, you've probably got bigger priorities than the rest of the team. Um, there was talk about Cameron Archer leaving yesterday. Mm. I mean, Fabrizio Romano was reporting it. I think it was Cameron Archer's either dad or uncle that quote tweeted it saying it was news to him. So not really sure what the latest is on that. I know David Ornstein was reporting it as well. 18, 19 million for Archer. It'll be nice to see what happens there. I think that'll happen. I think I was saying yesterday, over, all right, I know family members might be might be closer than what we are, but I don't think they always know exactly what's going on. And uh, mm. he, he renewed Unai Emery last. I mean, Cameron Archer wasn't even in the squad last night for Villa. It, that says it all, doesn't it? He wasn't in the squad, and then Unai Emery said after the game, he pretty much confirmed the fact that yeah. he would probably be moving on. So I'd take that with a pinch of salt. Whatever his family member said, to be honest, I don't know. I don't think he. I don't think he's totally in the know on the deal. If you ask me, and I, and I think. And I think the deal represents a good deal for probably all parties. I mean, Sheffield mm-hmm. United need to find a goal scorer um, to try and help them stay up in the league. Cameron Archer needs game time, and he's going to get a Premier League move for now. And for Villa, it's 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 big money, isn't it? You know, it's sort of ninety million towards FFP as well, and it enables us to probably go out and try and get somebody else in. Um, and also, Villa still hold. You know, they've got a future a future buyback option on it, which seems to be yeah. important for how Villa are operating at the moment. So. It's probably a good deal all round. It looks like he's not going to get in head of Watkins or even or even 
John Duran. Um, and I, I'd, I'd, I'd hazard a guess that we will probably bring somebody else in as well, which, which, which will make it obviously really hard for Cameron Archer. So he, yeah, he, he needs a move. I think it's right for his career, to be honest with you. And while, and while it's sad, like I said the other day on the podcast, didn't I, that I like players getting, getting a chance from our academy in our first team. Um, but I just, I just think the odds are stacked against him a little bit, and I think he probably needs that move to sort of kickstart his his own career, really. Yeah, I hope he finds success at Sheffield United. I mean, like you said, it's a Premier League move for now. Whatever happens with Sheffield United, it doesn't look good. They needed that goal scorer desperately. So, look, I hope he does well this season in the Premier League, gets a few uh, goals for them. But to get £40 million sort of in the last few days for, for Youth Academy products, that's pretty impressive, isn't it, with... Aaron Ramsey, Philogene, and Cameron Archie. You can't really argue with 40 million pure profit. And that sort of indicates that we're sort of gearing up for this last couple of days in the transfer window to get a couple more, especially we are with Archie going in that attacking area for sure. Yeah, I think so. And I think they I just think they must have something lined up. I mean, you mm. you go back a long time. I mean, back in January when we let Danny Ings go, Emery spoke then about how he he wanted another number nine at that point to compete with Ollie Watkins and to and to support John Duran as well because he was talking about how young John Duran was. That was back in January. We obviously didn't get that striker in January, um, so little's changed really between then and this. Yeah. Um, and I just look at it and I think we we're battling on four fronts. I mean, last night we didn't even name a full bench last night, uh, and mm, that was two goalkeepers. That was with two goalkeepers um, and also. Um, a couple of the other young lads in in, in Josh Feeney and, Re- and Revan. I can't see Villa ending the transfer window by bringing in absolutely nobody. And I can't see they they must have an idea about what they're going to try and do. I don't think it'll be much. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't think it'll be more than two. To be honest, I wouldn't be surprised mm. now the Acuna thing's gone a bit. Um, you know, it, it doesn't look like that one's going to happen. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's maybe just one and like an attacking sort of player. Um, but we do look light. We do look light. And I said it the other night, it's my only it's my only concern with the injuries we've got with and with the squad we've got, all of a sudden we're looking a little bit on the flimsy side kind of thing. And it wouldn't take much to, you know, tip us over the edge. It wouldn't you know, if Ollie Watkins got an injury, for instance, or a Conza yeah. or you know, something like that, it wouldn't take us a lot for us to be tipped over the edge. And so um that's probably the only thing at the moment I'm a bit concerned about. I think everything else is is fairly you know it's fairly rosy in the Villa Garden really. Um, it's that that's worrying me a little bit at the moment. It's the strength in depth and uh, just knowing that how long this season could potentially be. It does worry me a little bit. So I hope they have got a plan up their sleeve and I'm sure they have. Otherwise, why would you be getting rid of all these players? It doesn't make sense yeah. to me if you don't have anything yeah. lined up. So touch wood, yeah, we, we we get something done. Yeah, you can't see them letting go of Archer and Philogene if there's not at least one more attacking option coming in. I know you've got Zaniolo coming in as well. I'm not entirely sure what the deal is with him in terms of playing in Europe. I'm not sure. I know he couldn't play in the qualifiers because he's already played something for Galatasaray, if that's right. But I think he can play in the group stages. Uh, I'm not 100% sure on that, but I think that's right. Um, but yeah, we, we are nice, and it will be nice to see at least one coming in that attacking area before the end of the window. We've drifted away from the game uh, a little bit. Martinez goes off at half-time, which I was a little bit concerned about. I did notice he had some strapping on his calf in the first half. So Olsen comes on, only had one thing to do, and that was 40 seconds into the half, to be fair, with a decent save over the bar. Um, but second half was just comfortable, wasn't it? Again, the game slowed down a little bit. We scored a couple of more. Watkins completing his hat trick. Traore, Duran, Tielemans, and Cash come on around the 70th minute mark. Uh, Traore wins a brilliant penalty, by the way, like jinking in and out. Wins the penalty. Uh, Louise gets his uh, second penalty in, in two games, which is nice to see. He was trying to walk it in, wasn't he, Traore? Mm. I think after he won that penalty, he tried to walk it in himself uh, for the sixth goal. That was annoying. <laughs> yeah, we should, we should have had a couple more. I mean, 5 0. 
I don't think he really flattered us, to be honest. I think it could have been more. Nah. I mean, Watkins had another couple of chances. Troy Ray should have scored that one. We we had we had chances. Diaby had a chance. We had a lot more chances mm. than than what we scored, definitely. But it was a, it was routine, really, and I think it felt kind of it gave you sort of pre season friendly vibes towards the end of the game. Yeah, if I'm definitely. being honest, it was Villa were just. Um, Far too strong all over the pitch, too, far too quick, far too athletic. I think it, everything really. I think they were Hibs really struggled, and um, I think the, full, the their fullbacks looked absolutely exhausted. And then Villa mm. decided to bring on, you know, try a Triore, and he just well, he just looked like he was the best winger in the world up against up up, up against <laughs> them really, which which was kind of mad. But yeah, I'm, I probably I don't know, probably a little bit surprised that the lack of. The lack of fight that they probably put up Hibs, I suppose. I, mm. I expect, I know that, I know there's massive differences between where we are and where, you know, a side like Hibs are, but um, I didn't expect us to go there and score five. You know, I expected to go there and maybe win 2 0 and bring it back to Villa Park or something like that. Because I think when you look at it, I think if Villa, for instance, if Villa went away to a championship side, um, would we win 5 0? I'm not, yeah. I'm not convinced we would. Um, and so it kind of, I think for me, it just kind of shines a spotlight on Scottish football, really, and really how in a pretty poor position it's in, to be honest with you. I mean, I was talking to a Rangers fan at the at the airport this morning, uh, and he was saying just the budget, like the budgets between the two between the two leagues, is just ridiculous. He was saying like like Rangers get what about something like about four million a year for where they finish in the league, sort of thing. Uh, Hibs might get around about one million if they're lucky, kind of yeah. thing. And so when you look at it like that, it is poles apart and I think the Premier League's just gone well mad isn't it? it's gone from strength to strength and um, uh, you know the quality of the players in the Premier League these days is just chalk and cheese to what it is in Scotland and I thought it really showed in the end and I felt a little bit sorry for them towards the end I'm not going to lie I felt a little bit sorry for them that it was the first leg it was in their own backyard and mm. they've got a, an away tight Villa Park next week and it, it's sort of a dead rubber really for them isn't it it's, it's hard I, I just thought imagine that was us in that scenario going away to somebody we're already 5-0 down from the, yeah. from the first leg it's, it's it's horrible for them really isn't it but it's, it's just the lay of the land and it's I suppose it's why Villa will be so favourited for this competition this season because we'll probably be coming up against other sides with who, who are who are in similar in stature and quality to Hibs yeah, and that's what the Hibs manager, Lee Johnson, was saying after the game. He was sort of saying that, look, Villa are probably one of the favourites for this competition. And I think the commentators were saying that Hibs had spent one and a half million this summer on three players, and that's all the transfer business they've done. So, yeah, they were absolutely miles apart in terms of the league we're playing in. And I was watching a, a Scottish fan's vlog of the game, whatever, and he was he was a Villa fan, apparently, but he was also saying that he wanted Scottish football to do well just with the coefficient and things like that. So it's a shame, but at least these clubs get to play in Europe and and, you know, it's, it's their big day out, isn't it? Playing in Europe and trying to get a little bit more yeah. money. So it's a shame for them. Um, I'm sure they'll have a, a good day out in Birmingham next week or the yeah. Hibs fans that are travelling down that. But it would be a little bit uh, demoralising coming down 5-0 down. But what do you reckon we'll do next week? Then I think obviously it gives you that licence to rotate a little bit. I think you're probably looking at Duran starting, Olsen, Chambers, even Josh Feeney potentially. You'll, you'll rest your big boys, especially with Liverpool three days later. I think so. I, yeah, I think so. I don't, I don't think we've got the squad there to make like wholesale 9 10 11 mm. changes but it, it would make sense wouldn't it i think i think the fact is you know we've got um you know we got a very good win last night over the last two games we've been able to rest players on like, the hour mark as well which is which which yeah. is handy i mean kamara and louise both had a bit of a rest and um T- uh, torres and Conza, etc we they've all had a little bit of a rest watkins had a bit of a rest so you know you, you'd hope that you'd hope we obviously we'll go full tilt at burnley this weekend as we do in the premier league and I would think I would think the likes of Chambers, Duran, Traore would get 
a run out next next week against Hibs. Um, and yeah, you're right. It might be nice to see the likes of um, a Josh Feeney get his chance and a Mari Kellyman, and you know, like some some of them have been waiting a, a little while. Like Revan like, as well, because yeah. they had their chance in pre-season. They did well. Revan did really well against Lazio, for example. I remember him coming on thinking, bloody hell, like, fair play. And no offence to Hibs, but if we're talking about they're not as strong as even a championship side, mm. why not? Well, And, if, and that's it. And if they're not going to go out and loan, then, you, we, you know, we need to give, give them some football mm. somewhere, don't we? And I think if, you know, if we are five nil up from the first mm. leg, then then I'd, I'd quite like to see a couple of the young lads get their opportunity. And you think about the likes of like Amari Kellyman, and he really impressed over in America, didn't he? Like he looked, uh, he looked really yeah. sharp. He looked good. And so I wouldn't be afraid of, I wouldn't be afraid of giving some of the young lads a go. Like I say, it won't be, it won't be wholesale. It won't be nine, 10, 11 changes because A, I don't think we've got the team to the squad to do that. But B, I don't think Emery will do that. He keeps talking about, respecting the competition, respecting the opposition. Um, and even though we find it up, I don't think you'll go, okay, 11 changes, there we go. I don't think you'll do that. Um, yeah. But he'll, he'll manage it, he'll manage it efficiently. And as you say, it's, um, you know, the game after that one is probably the toughest out of out of, out of all the games we've had in the last uh, week to 10 days sort of thing against Liverpool. So, yeah, I think he'll box clever with it. He's got experience in it, Emery, hasn't he? he, he, he like, and he likes playing games. He keeps saying, doesn't he? Like, I'd rather be playing more and more games. And, um yeah, he's a he's an expert in it, Ronnie, and so I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll get it right. But I expect to see a fair few changes with with, with with hopefully some of the young lads in there. Yeah. Well, it's all about momentum, isn't it? You still want to go out there and win every game. It doesn't really matter if you're five 0 up. You still want to go out there yeah. and win the football match next week. Yeah, at yeah. Park, 100. Um, percent What do you reckon for Burnley then? A couple of changes. Do you reckon Carlos maybe stakes a claim to start against Burnley, or do you reckon he goes unchanged from uh, the Everton game? Um, Carlos wouldn't be my team personally. No, I think we'd go. Yeah, we'd go kind of unchanged from the Everton game. Um, I, I can't. I just. I think watching us at the back. I think Con, obviously Conza is the main person that's going to be there. He's. I, I, it was interesting actually. I was watching the game on Sunday against Everton, and from the north stand, I was pretty close. I was pretty pretty close to the action, and uh, it was interesting to see how Conza was sort of organising the defence and barking out the orders like Mings usually does. Yeah. Um, it was good to see actually because conza has been. You know, he's been the quiet one, really, hasn't he, over the last few years or so. And I think he's, I think he knows he's got to step up in the absence of things, um, especially with Torres being new, etc. Um, so it would definitely be Konza. And I think at the moment, looking at how we play through the lines, how we pass out from defence, you can't see past Torres at the moment. You know, I mean, even even one of the goals last night came from Torres from 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 playing out from the back. And don't get me wrong, I think Carlos had a solid game last night. He wasn't really troubled too much. He had a fairly solid game, but I think it's I think he, look, he needs to play football. Carlos does. He does need to. He needs to get more minutes in the tank. But I think it kind of worries me, and I think it would worry the manager about his distribution. I think last night was the one the one thing for me which I found a bit frustrating. He gave the ball away a fair few. Minutes a few few times last night from the back um, not something that not something that Torres did kind of thing in the game uh, not something that Cons or Mings usually does and so I look at it and I think Carlos has probably got a way to go still to force him into the side in the Premier League so yeah for me it'll be Cons and Torres um I think it'll be unchanged. You'll see Zaniolo on the bench probably, but yeah, I think yeah. it'll be unchanged from the Everton game. I can't, I can't see any changes. I don't, I don't think we've got the players there to change it too much. You know, I mean, yeah. you're not, you know, Tielemans is not a bad, bad player to bring in, but Kamara and Louise are sort of switched back on. They're playing well, so who else would you bring in? I don't think there is really, is there? 
Well, exactly, yeah, fair enough. But I'm looking forward to Burnley at the weekend. I always look, I always look forward to going to Burnley. Actually, I mean, obviously, we didn't go there last year because they've they're in the championship. But we talked about Burnley. Everyone's sort of expecting Burnley to go and finish like mid table this season. You talked about it before the season, saying that they've come and they were playing brilliant football in the championship and whatever, whatever. But if they come up and try and play that in the Premier League, teams have done that before and struggled. So it'd be interesting to see what happens against Burnley. Actually, Vincent Company side potentially Aaron Ramsey involved should be an interesting affair. But again, it's one that you look at and think should be winning that. Yeah, definitely. And I think my thoughts around Burnley are purely, I think they will play good football. Um, and I think they'll, in the early, early stages of the season, I think they'll look to have a, a lot of possession. I think that's how he wants to play a company. I think he might have to adapt that though when he comes up against some of the teams. Um, against the teams that are, are in and around it, are in and around them, they might be able to do that. But I think the top teams will pick them off, I do. And I, and I, think, the, I think the worry for me, if I was a Burnley supporter, it would just be where's the goals going to come from? Obviously, they haven't got Teller, who was there last season, who banged them in the championship. Um, so I do wonder where, where the goals are going to come from. But look, it's early days. It's very, very early days. And Burnley might end up having a brilliant season, which is fair enough if they do. But Villa have got to be looking to go there and get three points on Sunday, definitely. And again, you know, we, we say it all the time, don't we? There's no there's no easy game in the Premier League. So we're not going to go there and think, oh, it's going to be a walk in the park. It'll be a tough game. But it's a game that if Villa, again, if Villa are serious about it, they want to... They want to progress. They want to get into that top five, top six sort of thing in the league. Then Villa need to Villa need to start going to places like that and, and winning. And it's something we got used to under Emery last season. We were we were doing that when you expect us to win. We yeah. were winning. It's a tough game, but I'd expect us to go there and 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 hopefully get the points. Yeah, absolutely. Should be another three points for Villa at the weekend. But thank you very much for listening to this bonus sort of episode again. Only half an hour, but have enjoyed it hearing Simon's thoughts. Um, I've been in that away end at Hibs the other day. Thank you so much for listening. There will be a podcast. Um, in all the usual places after the Burnley game so do keep an eye out for that do keep an eye out for the Burnley vlog on the Villa on Tour YouTube channel as well of course and without further ado we shall see you on Sunday for Burnley up the Villa (laughs) 